You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. Let's go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast, folks. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Today we have a Fargo update. Fargo's going on right now in the Fargo Dome. 16U got started on Saturday, and then the juniors got started yesterday. There have been some insane matchups, crazy upsets. I'm sad to say that Team Illinois is not doing that well in the 16U tournament. We only have one finalist, but I am amazed at how good Valiant Prep, a high school out of Arizona, is doing. They have three in the 16U finals. Eric Larkinson is looking phenomenal. So a lot of fun watching the 16U tournament. And the juniors, like I said, they got started yesterday. Some of the brackets in the junior division have over 200-some wrestlers in it. It's absolute bananas. So today, I brought on DJ Bruce. He was at Fargo yesterday, just got back home to Ohio. He's a high school, excuse me, he owns a wrestling academy out in Ohio. And uh, he was on the floor yesterday, so I brought DJ on the podcast to give us a Fargo update. DJ's initially from Illinois. We grew up together. He wrestled at Virginia Tech, and now, as they said, doing great things in the youth community out in Columbus with his academy, DJ Bruce Trained. So tune in for this one to get all updates Fargo. We also talk about the Olympics a little bit. Enjoy it, folks. Fan of the week goes to my man, Brandon James Evans. Brandon just placed a merch order, took a picture of it, and threw it on Instagram. So we love you for that, Brandon. Go to Wrestling Changed My Life on Instagram to see Brandon in his Wrestling Changed My Life merch. As always, folks, this podcast is proudly presented by Spartan Combat. One of Spartan Combat's pro athletes, Kyle Dake, is going to be competing at the Olympics in just a few weeks here. It's I can't believe how close it is. If you want to support Kyle Dake at the Olympics, go to SpartanCombat.com and purchase your Kyle Dake t-shirt. That's it, folks. Let's get to the show with DJ Bruce. DJ Bruce, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, I appreciate you having me. It's uh, Like I said, I've been talking to you more lately than uh, it has in the last few decades, and I love it. Me too, man. I, I remember you know, knowing you from the youth circuits all the way through the high school circuit, so it's great to, great to reconnect 
with you now in our older years. So you're based, you know, you're from Illinois, an Illinois guy living out in Ohio. You have a wrestling academy going on now. It's a nonprofit called DB Trained, and you have some exciting news. So we'll just turn the floor over to you, my brother. Yeah, well, I mean, we. it's funny because I, I just sent out an email to our parents today, and today's a day 117, right? So we've been around 117 days, but uh, the latest exciting news that we get to share is uh, Mikey Benefield. So uh, Illinois Hammer, Illinois legend, uh, national champ in his own right, won pretty much any and every tournament you can think of dating back to when we were youth kids all the way up through college um but he's a he's joining dbt so uh he's going to join he's going to take over as the president of our board of directors and uh, we're just so happy to have him a part of what we're doing and uh it's definitely we're all going to be better because of it and uh so i'm excited to share the news with you first that's awesome man for folks who don't know the name mikey benefield just speak to what kind of a wrecking ball that dude was back in high school man it's a, it's a love-hate thing for me because uh, he's my best friend in the whole world. That kid's my brother. So bragging about him, I don't really like to do. But, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things, what do you say? He's won everything. Uh, you know, going back to cadets, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a two-time Fargo champ at cadet. Um, won it as a junior. Won it in universities. Um, won a D3 national title. He was number one recruit in the country in our class in 07. Uh, number one kid, I'm pretty sure, since we were – like I said, I remember him winning the Triple Crown for the first time uh, when we were all those Eagles. So all the way back to Tulsa, Reno, kickoff classic, everything. And so when you have somebody that's won that much, I mean, how can you not get better? And uh, like I said, he's he's also my best friend. He's my brother. So any time that I get to spend with him is great. And the more he's around these kids, the better we'll all be. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, four-time Illinois State champ which is a rarity and you got to understand folks as a kid, he was like a four-time kid state champ only lost in seventh grade. I'll never forget it. I believe it was Aaron. to Aaron winger. Um, yeah. And Winnie, don't let him forget that. Cause it's funny enough. Seventh grade is the one state title that I won. Right. I've lost the rest of them. Uh, long history to take it second, but it's the one he doesn't have. And I like to remind him <laughs> seventh grade. People don't forget. No, they don't. Um, and you know, we're talking about the youth days, the, the kids circuits, but man, this weekend Fargo got kicked off. You were just there. What was the energy like from the Fargo dome? I think, man, I think after last year and Fargo getting shut down, just everybody was just so happy to be back at it. Right. Like there were just so many familiar faces and just so many, there were so many people that were just there, like to be around that environment again, because, you know, it's one of those things like if Fargo's every year, like, you know, they're celebrating the 50th year of Fargo. So you wouldn't think that, you know, that goes away. And then, you know, the pandemic happened and everything shut down, uh, rightfully so. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden that gets taken away and you just forget how many kids get opportunities at Fargo. Like for me, like I lived it. Um, you know, my freshman year, I was relatively unheard of and I beat Cody Gardner and that's how I met Kevin Dresser and Daryl Weber. And that's how I ended up getting a full ride to Virginia tech off of fall. Right. And there's so many kids that for whatever reason, didn't put it together for their folk style year, but go out to Fargo and you beat a couple good kids. And then your name's at the top of the rankings just off of a weekend that you got in North Dakota. So just having those opportunities back and just being able to compete against the best kids in the country. It's there's nothing like it, man. And I hadn't been back in a decade. And last time I was there was my junior year of high school as a competitor. So going back with kids of your own, it's it's a weird feeling, but it is it, it just felt like home, right? Like I feel like everybody when you pull up to the Fargo Dome, it just 
the feeling's the same. There's nerves, there's excitement, there's, you just know there's just going to be good wrestling and it's, uh, it's exciting to be around. Yeah, I'm getting excited just hearing you talk about it. And as I watch some of these upsets, you know, the 16U division, which I love that they've done away with cadets and just caught 16U. It's a lot easier to understand. 16 and under, right? But there you really get some guys coming on who may maybe aren't in the rankings because they're eighth graders coming in or they're under the radar a little bit. I, I saw this team out of Arizona, Valiant Prep, which is led by uh, Angel Cejudo, Eric Larkin's in there coaching. Eric Larkin's son just tech followed Mason Gibson. I'm like, uh, what in the hell? By the way, the you couldn't get close to that map, right? I, I don't. I don't remember the last time that I've seen that many people surrounding a mat to watch. And I mean, I think well, they're both in eighth grade. I think they're both uh, in eighth grade. Yeah. Both. in. so for me, it's like, I'm like willfully ignorant, right? Like I've been around, I've been around the sport a long time, but I don't pay attention to names and rankings. Cause it doesn't matter. You got to beat the kid in front of you. Right. And, but something special was happening when that match was happening. Like as people, like as they were warming up, people were surrounding the mat. So everybody just kind of headed over there because I didn't know what it was. And then they're like, oh, you don't understand. Like these two are the future. Like, you know, but I guess like the kid from PA, uh, Mason, uh, apparently he's very like willfully so he should be right. He's won everything. Yeah. And then it's on top, locks up a lace game over. Text him. Text him. It was, but the, I'm telling you that environment, it's like, you know, when the lights go down and they run out and D one nationals, like, I, I think like in St. Louis, like when the lights go down and you got the two corners running out and the music's playing and it's just, you can't ex- like, unless you're there, it just doesn't come across on TV. They do a lot. That's great with the environment, but being in that environment, seeing that match, seeing how many people are excited to watch two eighth graders, yeah. two grade wrestlers compete and it's a high level right like it's high level wrestling it's not like you know what some people might think eighth grade wrestling was like that's like wrestling at the highest level and it was awesome and uh you know just the the energy you get from that it's just it's it's special to be around yeah and I, i'm with you man i if, if it wasn't for intermat and a couple of people i follow on twitter i would have no idea who these kids are but you know they the intermat does such a good job of breaking it down and so does flow um, but Intermat really knows these like eighth graders. But even uh, this uh, this Larkin kid, the son of the great Eric Larkin, who was a Hodge winner, he wasn't even ranked. On, he wasn't even on any of these uh, rankings. And he, and he tacked them. So it's like, and this pro, so this school in Arizona, it's called Valiant Prep. It's a private school. It's not part of the Arizona High School League. But these guys are trying to make like a, tr- a wrestling charter school and travel to all the big tournaments. Valiant Prep has three wrestlers in the 16U finals. Illinois has one. So one high school from Arizona has more finalists than the great state of Illinois, which hurts me on many levels, but also gets me excited for what those guys are doing in Arizona. That's the thing, man. It's like what I found out is it just takes just a few people that just – just want to do it. Like, I, I just look at like us being like, obviously we, we don't have three kids in the national finals. So like hats off them, but you know, for us, we got started off of COVID, right? Just so many kids didn't have opportunities because COVID, you know, took away their season or COVID had numbers down to financially. It just didn't make sense for programs to operate the way that they used to. And, you know, I was just like, all right, well, let, let's see how it's going to go. And just the idea of I'm going to try it, you know, we had two All-Americans, three kids that qualified, five five kids in total on the national team. Again, 100 days ago, we didn't exist. 
right? And it just, it takes a little bit of just obviously a lot of hard work, but just an idea to spark it off. And it doesn't matter where you are because again, everybody's willing to travel and you can go find the competition. But if you got one person that knows what's happening and you got a couple kids that want to work hard, man, something special can happen. And you hear stuff like that in Arizona, like, but I look back, like, man, when we were coming up, Cejudo was in Arizona, right? Yeah. Like, Coming out, there's brother, obviously. He's a stud as well. Um, but Arizona had a couple studs, man, and it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter where you're from. All you need to work hard and something special might happen. And the best part is at Fargo, you get to go prove it. You know, you got kids from all over the country. I remember we had kids from Alaska, All-American, and do well. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's the thing. Like, wrestling's beautiful. It doesn't matter your size, shape, or location. doesn't matter rich, poor, white, brown, yellow, purple, big, small. doesn't matter. Right. If you want to get after you put the work in special things can happen. And uh, that's why I love this sport so much, man. Amen. Now, when you were going to Fargo, do you remember them doing the bracket system like they're doing now? Because when I went, it was a pool. Pool, Right. We used to do pools. And uh, so I, it was crazy because I saw somebody like I was looking at a bracket and my kids were in a 128 man bracket, which like blows my mind. Like, OK, there was a kid in a round of 256. Yeah. I was just like, I love that they're doing it like this, though. I, I love it, too, except what happens when you lose first round and you got to wrestle back in a bracket of 250? Like, how many matches is that? Like, is that even possible with match limits? So I went to the junior, like, like a good junior weight where I know they'd have those 256 rounds. I was it was like nine matches or eight matches just to get to the quarters. Um, and they're just hammering them out every every, every 40 minutes, man. Up. And you know what, though? It's good because, like, you go prove you're the best in the country. You know, you want to be in the – go wrestle 128 of your peers, right, and go win it. And, like, when you do – but, like, that's the whole thing is, like, the kids – like, winning it's awesome. Being in the finals is awesome. But, like, give me the kid that lost first round that battled back to fifth, yeah. right? Like, the kid in the trenches that, like, that's the kid that I want, mm -hmm. right? Because the kid that's just like, all right, didn't go as planned. I got to figure it out. Head back down, back to work. Right. Just chopping wood, man. Those are I mean, but again, you can earn a scholarship that way. Right. You could beat some kids at Fargo that like there's kids that didn't qualify or weren't starters that go beat state champs, because, as you know, not all state titles are created equal. Right. Right. They qualify from Illinois. Look at Joe Rao. I was right? just going to say Joe Rao. He, he, he oh, won he it. Fargo and he didn't qualify. And I yeah. still. I love God. Joe. Like absolute hammer. But like that's not uncommon and like that's what i love about fargo because it could just be your weekend you could be unranked and go beat the kid that everybody's hyping up in eighth grade i know i'm getting some serious I fomo man and my girlfriend's like are you really caring about a high school tournament i'm like normally i'm not that into fargo but as of late i just won i love how the coverage of the middle school and the high school is just through the roof so you don't even have to follow it to get to get some good perspective but two there's something about this bracket system where it's just a huge double elimination bracket kind of heading towards the finals. Whereas the pool, I always thought it was kind of hard to follow with the black marks and like the point system, but it's black and white now. And like, you know, you just follow the bracket through the question I have for you is, are they seeding this or is it uh, just random draw? Random draw. Cause I know wow. like my kids, Jake Taylor, he caught a Jake's a stud, man. He's a stud in his own right. That kid's going to be special. Um, but out the gate, we caught a state champ out of Minnesota. And like here, like that's how it goes, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, go get it. Right. Yeah. He's an eight looking up at his freshman year. This kid wins a state title in Minnesota as a freshman. It's like, good. 
that's the kid we came here to beat, right? You want to be a national champ? There it is, right? Didn't go our way, but it's also now you felt it, right? As he's heading into his freshman year, now you know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. There are kids and it as freshmen, you just felt it. And that kid's not as good as you thought he was, right? And that's like the biggest thing, like for me that I try to instill in my kids. Like when we came up, like, yeah, you might know of a kid because you got like USA Regs Wrestling Magazine or Amateur Wrestling News and you saw he was ranked. Like, all right. But like now it's like you hop on Twitter, you hop on Flow, you hop on track. Like I pull up everything of all these kids and, you know, it's very well documented. But with that comes a lot of hype. And again, Arizona, if he would have believed in the hype, he wouldn't have stepped on the map. But he just decided I'm the man and went and tech. Bro, Guess been- what? I wakes up at the end of Fargo, be number one in the country. Oh, yeah. That they'll be him. But that's what's beautiful about it. Because it doesn't matter what you did. You can go earn it. And to your point, the way the bracket systems are, you got to go earn it. Because you could do well with four matches, but then you lose two in a row. And guess what? You didn't place. Done. Not even in, like, the round of 32. Like, <laughs> You're not even the blood round. You're not even sniffing the blood round. No. Like, that's I'm going to go back and look. I'm going to look at that bracket at 256. And I want to see a kid that lost in the first round. How many matches is his path back to third? I bet somebody I bet there's somebody that loses first round that comes all the way back. And I like gotta be. I mean, there's a cup. I don't know how many of those brackets there are where they have the round of 256, but to your point, I saw Duran Wynn tweeting. He's like, How in the heck is my kid wrestling in this round? Like, I didn't know that was a round. And after that, it's like, I don't even know what the next round will be after 256. I don't know if it keeps doubling or what, but it's just crazy to see all these kids going out there scrapping and like it's fun to talk about these super elite kids but i was a kid that went out there scared to death went one and two didn't know what i was doing but just remember afterwards being so proud to represent team illinois and just being so excited that you're now part of this kind of this summer national fraternity of wrestlers and it's just like i'm getting chills because going across the country to wrestle the best kids from every state it's like a rite of passage man and not even the tournament, but the training camp leading up to it was what was tough for me. Illinois spending a week down there, that bus ride after the last on the floor. Like that's the whole thing is like, it's so special to me because like I look back and like the stories that like come up from that have nothing to do with wrestling. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Most of my best friends are kids I came up wrestling with. And like, we have so many stories about just junior duels or like cadet duels or whatever we're doing. And it's like, yeah, wrestling's important. And yeah, like we were there to win, but like all the things we talk about now had nothing to do with the sport, had everything to do with everything else. But like, you're right. It's like, it's a fraternity, man. It's a brotherhood. That's just, it's hard to explain if you've never been a part of it, but if you're a part of it, you get it. And it doesn't matter if you're a national champ or if you're a kid that went 0-2, because at the end of the day, if you went through the grind, like you earned your spot there, you deserve it. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's it's just a cool thing. And and just, I, I remember calling into town and seeing kids running up and down the streets of Fargo in the middle of summer in sweatpants. I'm like, God, this is a, this is a wrestling city for the next week. And it was just cool to be a part of. So I'm going to try and go next year, maybe for like, like today, next year, where you got the cadet finals, you got the junior quarters and semis yeah. going on. So, um, so you, how many, how many guys did you say you had out there? So we had, uh, we had three kids on the team. Uh, we ended up cadet sixteen uh, U. We had the one Jake that I was out there with, uh, but then we had two kids at fourteen U. We had two All Americans in Wisconsin. Nice. Um, place uh, Alex Taylor. Shout out to him. Shout out Matt Gregory. Um, showing up when it matches but uh, what's cool about like our setup is like all of our core is young 
like right they're all seventh and eighth graders um but like they're kids that show up ready to work like and uh there's a lot to be excited about or what we got going on um but i do have to pause and go back because you said duran win and uh duran it's funny because like i used to scrap with duran and like uh, me scott penny uh duran were uh got pretty close when we were younger um but Duran, he's actually, so obviously he fights in the UFC, but he's got a big fight coming up, fighting out uh, Phil Haas, who uh, I'm not a fan of. He uh, He's actually the one that tore my ACL and uh, ended my wrestling career. So I just wanted to go back and give Duran a shout out as uh, all of DB trained is rooting for you, bud. Uh, <laughs> I'll be wearing one of his walkout tees and hopefully watch him smash Phil Haas. And, uh, but yeah, just I would be remiss if I didn't go out and just give Duran a shout out. Respect. I mean, that's another team. I mean, Team California, they they look like they were on a roll. You got Daniel Cormier walking around in people's corner. Like, here's the thing. is like Daniel Cormier could do whatever he wants, right? He's two-weight UFC champion. I'm sure he's got more than enough money at this point. And he just loves the sport of wrestling to where he built his own facility. And what they're doing at Gilroy, like, oh. again, like there's no reason for Daniel Cormier to be a head wrestling coach in high school, except for the fact he loves it. And there's just so many people and it's not even just about him. It's about how many people he brings around to provide opportunities for these athletes. And like, that's the stuff that excites me because like the do whatever he wants, chooses to do this. And that's how, you know, it's pure. And like, when you see something like that at that high level, it's just like, just shows you what's possible. And again, it's just one person with an idea that decided he wants to do different. And all those kids, I just think about like, it's cool that he's going to have state champs and national champs and all of that. But like how many kids has he's taken that wouldn't have an opportunity to go to college. That'll be first generation college graduate. A lot. Yeah. Stuff like that excites me, man. And to see him do it just lets us know that like, you know, you're, you're on the right path. Well, what it scares me because I went to college in California and I've known a lot of Californians who are excellent college wrestlers. And, every, and I'd ask him like, when'd you start wrestling? Like, Oh, my sophomore year in high school, my freshman year in high school. So all these California studs are now going to be starting earlier because of guys like DC. And I, I know there's tons of clubs out there, the Terrapelli's there's you know, Poway down in San Diego, but dude, I'm telling you, I've never met more good college wrestlers in my life from California who never wrestled before freshman year, knowing that it's- they're it, you know what I mean? It's like, what it, the hell? It's changing. So uh, like, it's funny you mentioned San Diego. So I actually just was out there and did a camp uh, for UTB. So shout out uh, my guy, Justin, and all the special things they're doing in San Diego. Um, but yeah, they're just like, man, when I was out there, like most of the class were like eight, nine, 10 years old. And like the thing that's awesome about California is a lot of places, they just mix it up with mixed martial arts. So you got kids that are wrestling, doing jujitsu. Right. And it's like that kid's eight years old and he's hitting flying arm bars. Like what is happening? Like when I was eight years old, I was playing in the mud. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, these kids and just it's not even about like training to compete, but like body control, you know, and like just having just that functionality. And then also they love it. So like to them, like it just that's what they like to do. And the state of California, there's so many people you can't but have talent. You know, and just, again, it's all about opportunity and just like Stanford and the way that the community came together. Oh, thank God. Like, but like, I'm just hoping we do it again with Fresno State because the Valley and how much talent's there. And again, the, the thing that I love about the wrestling community is don't tell us we can't, right? Like, okay, like Stanford was like, all right, uh, you're cutting us because of money, all right, how much? Okay, you need 7 million, cool, here's 12. Mm-hmm. Right? 
down now. Like now, like, all right, we can call bullshit is bullshit because it's not about money because it was never about money. Just like Fresno State, it's not about money. You just brought that program back. It's going to cost more money to disable that program and pay out all the buyouts. And what do you do with the facility? What do you do with all of that? Like, all it's the not that's like what happens, all that stuff. Dude, we saw it happen with ODU. Like, but that's the beautiful thing about the sport is that you don't have to be actively involved in the sport to be a wrestler. And there's so many people that are beyond the sport now that see an injustice happening that come back to fight. And that's what it takes because it takes everybody. And I, I really hope that we can figure out a way to make Fresno State remain viable because there's so much talent just in San Diego. And like, if you think about it, you have Fresno State and then you have all the opportunities you have down in Southern California. And then you have Stanford. And it's not even about Stanford, the program, the RTC that they're going to have there and all the t- <laughs> Cole with all of his connections he's bringing from 30 years at Cornell. Bro. Plus look at the talent that they brought on there. Like Chenzo, like what? Yeah. There's... And what's great is like, it's like the more that California gets better, it forces everybody to get better. Because again, we all meet up at Fargo every year. We all meet out in Vegas. We all meet out at the USA Wrestling Open, you know, the trials and just forces the whole sport to elevate, man. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. And it's good to see people coming back together. I mean, and right now it's such a hot time because we got the 16U Cadet World Championships going on right now. There's this kid who... I've heard about for about a couple of months, Bo Bassett. Do you know this kid? So I've, I've seen like the height. Seventh what? grade. How is he on the team? It's a 16 U tournament. He's in, he's probably been held back. I'm sure of it, but. But even if he did, he's, but here's the thing I'd like at the end of the day, like that's what I like about freestyle is it's not about freshman, sophomore, whatever it's 16 U. Like in Fargo, like somebody like was telling me about it. They said that he had his parents had to petition to wait like to sign some waiver so he could compete because he's literally too young it's supposed to be from like i think 15 to 17 is like 16 years how it works out right he's truly 14 and they had to sign a waiver for to get in which i don't know if that's true but it sounds like it's true rolling with it we like it (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing right and there's so much talent and like you look like like another plug for my guy jake out of alabama like you got a kid from Alabama that's on the national team in Budapest. Like what? But that's where wrestling is. It just doesn't matter where you are. You can be from small town Alabama and you can go make and represent the USA. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it, right? And that's the whole thing is we're talking Arizona, California, Alabama, Georgia, like Kansas. Like it, there's literally the hotbed of wrestling is everywhere. It's in the country. There's talent everywhere and it's great to see. It's crazy that... The level of there's you know there's levels and everything. We're talking about these studs at Fargo. The crazy thing is that the six or seven wrestlers who are over in Budapest right now on the 16U World Team, they'd probably tech all those dudes at Fargo. Like Bo Bassett teched his way to that team. I would I would imagine the kids that are in Budapest would have won all their weights. Yeah. I, or like at least be in the finals or be in discussion of it. And if it didn't happen that way, it'd be an upset. That's like I wish that they they would I wish they would be able to time it to do both. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I. One, I'm just grateful that both events are happening and there's all these opportunities for all these kids. And two, like, think about like all those kids, like to your point, like those kids probably would have won those weights. But think about all the opportunities are going to come from the kids that win Fargo because that kid's in Budapest. So you go win a world title, be a world champ. Let that kid be a national champ and you both get full rides. Everybody wins. Beautiful thing, man. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, we're, you know, 
you can say you're you're in Ohio now. I know you're an Illinois guy through and through. What do we make of the Illinois cadet team only having one finalist? Is it just that our horses aren't there? Is it just comes in waves? Like what's going on? You know, honestly, there's a it's weird, right? Like in the with Illinois just finishing their season now, you know, there it's not the same as it was before because like you know, we would wrap our state tournament in February and Fargo's not until July. So for those five months back in the day, we were just focused on freestyle, winning duels and then going to win Fargo, Mm -hmm. right? Illinois just wrapped their season. And then there's also kids that are playing baseball right now or whatever it may be. It's, It's just a weird thing, right? And then I don't know how Fargo camp went in Illinois and how that went. So I saw the one finalist when I was looking at the recap this morning too. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I feel like we need like a Sean Barmet to get in there and just get everyone calling everyone. Hey, let's get on the bus. We need you. Let's hey, talk. Uh, you know, Mikey Poeta seems to be building out a good staff down in Illinois. I think Ooh. come over and take over team Illinois. Got a little bit young. Let, like let Poeta design the, the all the swag too. Right. Could you, could you imagine <laughs> if Ed Ruth was Illinois Fargo coach? Yeah. Why wouldn't he be right? He Here's the Here's the thing. Morningstar and all the success Iowa has, Morningstar is their head coach, right? How is this legal that college coaches can coach the Fargo team? I don't know if it is, but I like it. Don't don't ask that question. You're not asking the right (laughs) question. How do we get Ed Ruth to be the Illinois coach? How do we get Jimmy Kennedy? I know he's still down in Illinois. How do we bring him back? Right? Like Kennedy back. You know, David Taylor, like, you know, like Penn State has enough. Why don't you come join Ed Ruth? right? He yeah. married Oh, why doesn't he come back, right? Why don't we just all the hammers and just see what happens? I know. You're right about the, uh, you know, Poeta, you know, because the, uh, the, the Fargo camps at Illinois, so I'm sure Poeta was involved with that, but um, it, to me, it just seems like when Illinois was at its best, we had two guys that wanted to win bad. We had Brian Medlin and Mike Powell on the Greco side. They were doing their thing, and then on the freestyle side, it was Sean Bormet. And he just refused to let Illinois not not win those tournaments. I mean, Illinois won so many in a row. Yeah, it's funny because I like I watched that happen because we were I was on overtime when Bormat did that, and we literally like we would have a training camp the week before at overtime leading up to the Illinois camps, but like everybody would come there, so it would just extend the camp. But it mattered, right? Not saying that it doesn't matter now, but I'm just saying to your point, it's got to be passion. And like, that's where my like head goes to Poeta. Cause I remember like Cal Ferry and all those people that were there back in the day. Like there's so much coaching talent in Illinois that I hope ego gets out of the way. And we just get back to winning because reason one with that coaching staff that's being assembled down in Champaign, that Illinois hammers leap. Like, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of options out there and you'll lose one or two, but I would imagine like Illinois is going to start keeping those, but how do you get to those kids better than getting them when they're a schoolboy, mm-hmm. right? 14 U. So they know, and they're just tied into the brand. Right. And then 16 U, right? Like if I was an Illinois coach, I would think we would get tied into that immediately because again, look at Iowa, like the way that they do it with Siebel, but again, Morningstar is their head coach. Turns out they win. Turns out yeah. there's a team that are going to Iowa. And if they're not, they're going to Iowa State. And if they're not, they're going to Northern Iowa. There's not too many Iowa hammers that leave the state. And until it does that, which we could, there's no reason. Like Northwestern's a great school, right? Big Ten school. Plus, you're going to school in the city of Chicago, best city in the world, in my opinion. And then even 
if you want to go to Illinois, even bigger school, bigger campus, a little different down in Southern Illinois, but again, your, your head coach, Mikey Coetta, Jeremy Hunter, I, he feel like he gets lost in the mix. Like he's been there forever. Don't forget. He's a national champ from Penn state. Like, I know. You know, and think, got, about, and, think about the schools recruiting the Chicago team. So like university of Wisconsin's closer than Illinois university of Michigan, closer than Illinois or about the same Iowa gets in there when they want to. Um, not as much Ohio state, but there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, college coaches trying to get their hands in this Illinois talent. You just alluded to Ed Ruth. What was your reaction when you saw that Illinois had landed the great Ed Ruth? I, of course I like, I, when they, when they announced, cause I heard rumors for a while, who's going to be over the coach. And I'd like, I heard a different but, individual than Ed Ruth. I thought it was a man out of Ohio coming. Yeah, no, I, uh, I heard that as well, but at the end of the day, I think Illinois wrestling's better because of it. Like, right? Like, I there's like, I mean, there's a million different ways it could have went, and there's a lot of guys that would be a great fit for that. But I've not heard one person say a bad thing ever about Ed Ruth. Not one. It's all great. And like, again, he's still active. He's still in shape. I'm sure if he wanted to, he could still go compete at the highest level. But again, now you have two young, very successful. I mean very successful like there's not it's hard to find more people success more successful than Mike Coetta but what I love is he went and found it and brought him in too because he brings something different to the program mm -hmm. right again it's not about ego it's just how do we make Illinois the best and I think Poeta was the right guy at the top and bringing in Ruth and I don't think he's done right and again like you can't forget Jeremy Hunter's there too and he's been there forever he's been there since I was a kid I remember going to camps back in the day and he would be there leading it running mm -hmm. it right and like Coach Johnson, it's he still lives in Champaign, right? As does Heffernan. I would imagine they're not too far from the program. Like, I mean, that is Illinois wrestling, those names right there. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see it. Cause of course I'm a bias. Like I love Wisconsin. Obviously I'm a Bormet kid. I love Michigan, right? Bono, Reader. Like I love to see them doing well. But again, like I'm an Illinois boy. I got, wow. I, I defer to Champaign and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Cause I know they're going to be successful. And I know what success has meant there in the past is not going to be the same as it will be once they get rocking. Because yeah. it's just going to be one kid, right? He's just going to have to go get that one kid that kicks it off and it's the catalyst. And then boom, Illinois is back in the top five. Can't right? wait for it, man. So excited. I just think it's awesome that this offseason of college wrestling, there's been so much excitement around Coach Cole leaving Stanford. Uh, not Mark Gray, Mike Gray building possibly one of the most impressive staffs I've ever seen at Cornell with Gwiz, Kellen Russell. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. So, and everything just got, and then Illinois bringing in Ed Ruth, and it just got so much more exciting. This is the first year ever that Penn State legends are now coaching. Vincenzo at Stanford, Ed Ruth at Illinois. I was always wondering who would be the first. Mark Hall's at Penn. Like, don't forget. That's true. That's true. Right. Like, and BJ hey. Futrell at Penn. Right. And don't forget, David McFadden, he's competing for their RTC. He's a stud, Virginia Tech boy. Right. And like, of course, the GOAT, let's not forget, JB went home. Right. So JB. So it's like there's so much going on. And what I love about it all is just the youth. Right. Like, I think the biggest problem that we have, especially in the state of Ohio, is we have dinosaurs at the top. Right. It's just like these people that have been around the sport forever that don't want it to change, that refuse to accept. That it's just different now, right? Like, which of those animals voted no on the women's wrestling? Are you kidding yeah. me? 
But that's my whole point is in Ohio, it's dinosaur. Ohio just had a national champ, a women's national champ. Um, I, it's her name slipping me right now. And it's a, it's a shame that I, yeah, 16 U cadet female national champion. And again, she can't go wrestle for her high school team. Although there's so much support for it here, but again, we just have dinosaurs and not to be negative because I just, I'm not about that, but the youth that's coming in, like, they're not going to be able to continue to stall mm-hmm. as the, like everybody that we name, like they're all young and they're around and they're going to be around for 20, 30, 40 years. And progress is not going to be able to continue to be delayed. It's not going to continue to get pushed off because why any state doesn't sanction both. I'll never understand no. because why are you taking opportunities from these student athletes? And again, they're student athletes, students come first. So again, if that helps that kid get to college because now they can put that they're an athlete and they wrestled and they learn accountability, they learned a work ethic, they learned how to be a good teammate. Why would you tell a kid they can't do that? Why? Because she's a girl? Right. For what? Like, it, what's crazy is you've been sponsoring women's wrestling for on the state level for so long. It's the same people in charge of that that's in running the high school, and I would assume. So again, what what's the argument of no? And wouldn't you think that, you know, women's wrestling became an Olympic sport in 04? I would think that most Olympic sports were sports at the youth and high school level for decades before becoming an Olympic sport. But women's wrestling went the reverse order. Like there was, when women's wrestling was an Olympic sport in 04, I probably would bet almost no states had sanctioned women's wrestling. And so that's yeah. kind of spurred it on. But here we are almost you know, 16 years later, 2021, and we're still having the conversation. I, 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 for me, so I grew up wrestling with Caitlin Chase, right? And like, you're not, you know, Caitlin very well. Um, But Caitlin, she, she wasn't a girl wrestler. She was just a wrestler and she beat everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I learned very young, like, okay, so she's a girl, but like, if I was her weight, she would have beat me when we were coming up for sure. She beat most of my friends. And I, 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 if I remember correctly, she was 16 and at the Olympic trials and like we were 16 at cadets, like right. it not. So it was always like, of course we support that. Cause how do we not support her? And then I watch what she does with the sport and how she helps grow. Like when you see that firsthand, how do you tell someone like her? No. And again, I've still never heard a rational argument against it unless it's financial. And if it is our financial, okay, what's the number? What's the number you need? Okay, fine. Then let us go get that. And then right. once we now there should be no like don't sugarcoat it like right like if it's not money don't hide behind money because money's not a big issue money can be plenty of people that will support this but they just hide behind that as a code word for what they don't want to say but again it's because they're dinosaurs but i firmly believe the youth is going to root that out and we should have all state sanctioned with girls wrestling because why wouldn't we hopefully soon now you're out in ohio did Ohio win the 16U cadet duels? So, Greco or freestyle? Freestyle. freestyle. Yes. So they did win that. How are they yeah. doing at Fargo right now? So they were doing okay. Um, I believe they got a couple of people in the finals. Um, but it's weird, though, because, like, the way they split it, like, they like everything's split. Like, you have the Greco and the freestyle, and, like, Greco's on their way now. Like, uh, but, like, it's – I don't know. Ohio does it – very differently than what Illinois. So what I'm, this is my first time going through the whole Fargo system as part of team Ohio. And it's, they just do it very different out here. Mm. 
it's interesting to see that. I, and I also didn't know they moved Greco to the second half of the tournament. Is that yeah. just because they want the guys wrestling freestyle to be fresh and injury free? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Cause before, so they also have the last chance that's out there as well. And then the women's are competing now, the younger, mm-hmm. uh, competing first as well. So they were doing 16 U and the women's. Um, so I don't know if it's because it was freestyle and freestyle and that made sense. Um, I like that, that I don't know, but I, I do like to have him freestyle first. Yeah. Uh, just because I just remembered when I doubled up Greco, then freestyle. That's a long, that's a long day, man. And that's a long back to make scratch weight for the freestyle tournament. Woo. It's, but like, there's so much in like uh, the, the lunch, the last chance qualifier being out there too, just because you got, now you got like senior level athletes out there trying to make like uh, make the team and things like that. So there's just so much good wrestling on top of the clinics that they have going out there. So being on the coaching side and just seeing all the resources that they have available to you through USA wrestling was pretty cool. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, rem- you were an all American at Fargo. So you probably weren't as concerned with this as I was, but as soon as I went one, two, I went right out to the expo hall to do the singlet trading. Are you still seeing the singlet trading and the t-shirt trading? So I, so I didn't, but I think it's different now because of social media. Right. So, cause like it, uh, I'll tell you what, like that was one of the things that we looked forward to after the fact of the tournament was getting out there and trying to get some singlets. But I think now with social media, kids can just like take pictures of what they have, put it up there. And like on Snapchat, they all like know where it's at. So definitely, I think it still happens. I think it just took a different form out here. Uh, but yeah, singlet trading and uh, just gear trading is uh, still happening. I actually had one of my kids trade a singlet uh, and not have a red singlet. Shout out to Alex Taylor and uh, that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it's still very much happening. He traded his singlet away and didn't have a red one. <laughs> he, if you, uh, he also uh, took third place in the country. Um, God, a very complicated kid. But he's uh, he's one of my seventh graders. I love him to death. But Man, uh, that's, that, that's so, I uh, shit you not. I mean, you know this as well. I do. There must have been 40, 50 kids back in the day trading singlets. And I remember the Nevada had the dice on the butt. That was a hot singlet. And I. I had my mom out there working a deal. I mean, it was, I picked up a Blair's t-shirt for a singlet trade. I mean, I'll never forget that marketplace was insane. Dude, I remember and shout out to Jordan Oliver because I thought I was doing something until I watched his setup that he had going out there. My man was trading shoes, singlets. (laughs) He would be like, kids would want that Easton PA gear. He would, he was one of the best to ever see, like I ever saw do it in the singlet uh, swap game. So shout out to Jordan doing big things out there, bud. What was, thinking back, what was one of your favorite singlets or just a singlet that people were going nuts for? I remember the jersey one where they had like the kind of stripe and then the jersey on the butt was a big one. What was that you remember? So two of the favorites that I have, uh, I think it was like 06, uh, was the Michigan singlets where they had the sunrise on them and the uh, the singlets faded, uh, the red and blue ones. I remember those were some of my favorite. Uh, I remember there was one from Ohio. They had like this neon green, like in red combination, like the year that they had a bunch of studs in the finals. Uh, I think like my favorite singlet, and this is a throwback. I don't know if you'll remember this, but uh, 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 so all good. Um, but uh, the I, I, IKWF gold one year during yes, the yellow ones with the pink confetti, yeah. yes. Like, so still to this day, if I ever could find that singlet, I'd have it. 
but that's my all-time favorite uh, uh, favorite singlet, the IKWF gold, the yellow and pink tie-dye ones. Bro, one of my uh, my teammates and good friends, Nick George, uh, who was a state champ, IKWF 03, I'm guessing, he was on that team, and I was on the copper team, so I had the I had the shitty singlets. I was on copper, but he was on gold, and he would. Were you on copper? Yeah, no, I was on bronze. Bronze. Or, no, I was. I was because we were below that. We so, were below bronze. Yeah, it yeah. was gold, silver, bronze, copper, and then Jimmy Kennedy's dad had Team Zirconia, and they were oh. way better. Yeah. So the funny part about that is that was the that was seventh grade year because it was the year that I won right. uh, seventh grade seventh grade year and so they had a senior state champ that they put over me because i was on novice but then we wrestled ikwf gold and i was the only kid to win in that duel i pinned him mm-hmm. and then that ended up going to iowa but that was like the first national tournament like a uh, dual team that i ever made was that you one you went on the aau one to iowa yeah so we went on the aau one for iowa and that was kind of like my introduction to team illinois and then the year after that is when i joined team overtime because i joined overtime in eighth grade gotcha okay yeah, I know, dude. Those were, I was just talking to someone. I don't know who it was. I think it was, uh, oh, it was Mark Ray, who we were talking about the rise of the dual, the dual team uh, tournament. It's just exploded, you know? Did yeah. you ever go to like Virginia Beach or Disney Duels? So we, uh, we used to go to Disney Duels, right? I used to go down to Disney Duels with Montini. So like I would be like one of the kids not on Montini that would go wrestle with them. Uh, but the one thing that I've noticed is that's different is like there's like all-star dual teams now. Like, right, where they pull from all different kinds of states to make up a team. And those are, like, the best teams in the country. Like, if you look at, like, uh, Team Kong or Team United or things like that. And uh, it, it, back then, it would just be – we were just team overtime, right? It was just kids of the same club. And granted, we had hammers that were from all different places, but that was just our club, so that's how we competed. Or we were under Illinois. But yeah. now it's different. Like, they have – like, you know, you're from Maryland, but you wrestle for a California team, but you're all wrestling in Vegas. So it's like, it's just different. Right, right. It is it is different like that. And Team Kong is, I think they, one of the guys is out of New York, but they got guys from all over. So what are like the two, the two big youth dual tournaments? Disney Duels or Virginia Beach? Or, or is yeah. that? Beach is like the big folk style one. Because yeah. uh, buddies, shout out uh, Gerard Garnett. Yeah, he coaches for Team Shut out of PA. But he lives in Delaware, right? But like that's right over. The they pull kids from all over. Um, so I think Virginia Beach is the big one. Uh, I know there's the Spartan duels down in Florida um, as well. But I think Disney duels and uh, Virginia Beach are the two big folk style ones that I know of. Yeah, Spartan. Uh, shout out Spartan Combat. They sponsored this show. They're, they just started theirs this year. It was the first year. And so they're one of the only ones to incorporate beach wrestling along with it, which that's pretty exciting. Um they have all styles going on at that. So this was the first year. They'll have a lot more coming down the pike. What's your take on beach wrestling? Oh, I love it. I love it. One, it's just like, lets me know that like, maybe I can come back and be a beach wrestling guy. Like maybe that's the move. Sure. Right. But like, for me, it's just, it's another style, man. It's like, it's like the people that are like, Oh, I only wrestle freestyle. You can't wrestle Greg. Why? Like, right. Like it's another style. And if it brings attention to the sport and it gives somebody an opportunity to compete, why are we against it? I just, I'll, I'll never get, why people don't support more mm-hmm. like you know and like also it's fun you ever watch a match and see somebody gets like thrown on the beach it's awesome i love i love the simplicity of the rules too i really like that um yeah i'm just it's an initial uh 
you know, this is like the early years for beach wrestling. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it as an Olympic sport. I've also heard, and the Greco lovers are going to kill me for saying this, that there's a chance that Greco and beach wrestling would, would merge. Um, and uh, it would be, but that would be, I, that would be, that would be a crushing blow to the, to the Greco peers and most of the world. I mean, I talk to a lot of people who aren't from the U S and oh. all of them say Greco is the same in every country, but the U S like it's the exact yeah. same. But like, my whole question is, I just don't understand. Like you hear people talk about like, Oh, like maybe Greco doesn't have a spot. But like, God forbid you bring up like, all right, if like, let's be like the rest of the world and just get rid of folk style, right? And wrestle freestyle and Greco, and that's the focus, right? The country would be better because of it. We would get more successful on the senior level. But like, for whatever reason, it's like, we just refuse as Americans to acknowledge we're the only ones that wrestle folk style. But we'll talk about replacing Greco, where literally Greco will never be replaced in the rest of the world. Right. Like it's as pure as it comes in the sport. But yeah, I don't know, man. Americans just have to be different. I know it's funny like that, right? We, we call foot. Everyone else calls it football. We call American football, football. You got the metric, the standard. It's like the folk style. Why do we always have to do something so, so different and unique? Amazingly though, the U S is still one of the top teams in freestyle. And as we look ahead to the Olympics to wind this down, we're so close at this point. And just on Twitter yesterday, I saw a hashtag cancel the Olympics. I want to cancel that person because our athletes are already over there, bro. I'm seeing pictures. The training camp started. What are your thoughts on the Olympics? I love it. Like, I love it. Like it's the one thing that I don't like about Olympic wrestling is they go to the smaller brackets, right? Like it doesn't make sense to me why the world brackets bigger than the Olympic bracket, because again, it's just me. I just more opportunities to represent your country, but also it's a grind, right? Like there's plenty of people that, our world caliber level that could go earn a world medal that didn't qualify. So to be one of the 16 to represent your country at other weights is just something special. And I'm excited because there's, there's a lot of competition out there, man. I'm mixed. Like obviously 74, I want to know how that shakes out. Like, right. Like I want to know, does Snyder get another shot at the Russian? If he does, what does he do with that? Like, right. Even Gilman, like I would like to be like, you know, like everybody forgets, like he was second in the world a couple of years back. You know, he's been no. banged up a little bit. He's off everyone's radar. Did you see yeah, the Barstool sports books? He's plus 2000. Yeah. yeah. But like the, yeah, but also sports betting is so new that like, there's, there's good, there's good numbers to jump on. Like if you know, this wrestling. is so exciting. I've never seen a real but, sports book make odds in Olympic wrestling. So you bet a yeah. hundred Gilman wins. You win a thousand, two thousand, but like what? And the, but like, I also look at, look at David Taylor. He's going to draw in unseated. Right. And you like, yeah, he's the best in the world. It's how do you say he's not what right. And they're drawing, you know, you know, fucking David Taylor's going to wrestle Yaz Donnie first round and Dake's going to yeah. wrestle Sitikoff first round. I mean, good. I, I would love to see that matchup. Like to be the best in the world, you got to beat everyone, right. You got to win four matches. So like for me, it's just the unknown is just so excited to me. And I'm just excited to see these dudes compete mm-hmm. like on a national scene where it's, everybody's training everybody's peaking at the right time but also i like to see like these kids that are like wrestling at american colleges that are representing other countries love it. right i'd love to see it i'm like bormet's got two olympians <laughs> neither wrestle for usa i love it right and and amin is the flag bearer for his country like, of course not only is he the like he's carrying the flag in the opening ceremony so i love what? that they're doing that i I love it. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to see people compete and I'm excited to learn about someone we have no idea about. Yeah. Like 
somebody that was under like unheralded that's gonna go steal the show and go win an Olympic title and like that's forever. It's uh it's something special and it's also it's great to be able to show kids like look man this is the pinnacle of the sport. Like you could be a three time world champion, but like did you win an Olympic title? Like, oh you didn't? Like I don't know why it's viewed that way because honestly if we're objective about it a world title is much more difficult to win than an olympic title but the margin for error is just so much smaller because the cycle is four years i know goes wrong that day like that's it right you got to wait another four years on it and it's it's just something special man and it's i'm excited to see the women wrestle too like that's the whole thing the last the biggest story in my opinion from the last olympics was a woman wrestling like, right. How do you not, how do you defeat a three-time Olympic champion trying to be a four-time Olympic champion mm-hmm. and not Olympics? Right. And like most people, like, I don't know how many people know that story or know how special it was that she won that weight and back again to do it again. Back again. I, everyone thought Helen was done. Like I didn't think she was going to come back and you know, she really, she had a barn burner with Jenna Burkett at the trials and that was an emotional match. I can't tell you how excited I am for the women's team. I think Adeline and, and Tamara, gold medalists. Sarah oh. Hildebrandt is way has really long odds on her through the bar through the Barstool Sports Bet betting app, and I still think Sarah could make a run for it. There's a lot of solid women. Yeah, but here's my question though: Who at Barstool is setting these lines? Because like, there's I not, don't I, know because because they wouldn't put the odds on them though if they weren't if they didn't know what they were doing, because there's too much risk of losing money. You know, yeah, I don't, there's a lot of bad lines in MMA and in wrestling, it's so youthful to where this is like the first major sports book I've seen headlines on in international wrestling, at least in this country. First I've so, ever seen. Yeah. Ever. Also it's great. Cause that's growing the sport because now somebody that only cares about gambling, I bet what you put some money on this match. You're going to be watching the Olympics. I've already had a couple of my buddies, my degenerate gambling friends, they've re- reached out and said, yo, how do we, how do we bet this Olympic wrestling? Exactly. I mean, putting. Absolutely. I've had uh, my friends. Go ahead. Oh, no, I say I, like, I do the same. My friends are degenerate gamblers as well. And uh, good. But again, that's more eyeballs to the sport. 100%. Like it, like, so my friends that don't care about wrestling that want to bet on it because they want to watch and make it more exciting. Good. Cause guess what? Now they're watching wrestling. Yeah. I hope they do it for the NCAs too. I mean, Barstool in general is just always innovating, pushing the envelope. And they, I don't even think they care. They just want people to use their betting app. So it works for me. Because like, well, look at their states that they're getting into. And when they do, they just already, like it's perfect synergy. You already have college, like college age people or people that are just age out, the young professionals that like gambling, that like sports. Boom, you go into a new thing. And now you have, and again, with their, what they're doing with the, like uh, the Barstool athletes, I love to see it. Yeah. I've never why kids couldn't make money off their likeness, but the university can. Never understood it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. My only concern on it, and I sound like an old man at this point, is what does that mean to their financial aid, right? Like if a kid makes too much money through like their image and likeness, does that mean that he can't get that grant and now that grant's a loan? I don't know. Right. I'm not smart enough to know how that pans out, but like, that's my only concern, but I wouldn't let that stand in the way of a kid no. going. Because I'm worried about these kids and their taxes though, though I'm with you. Like I think the kids should definitely make money. In fact, I'm in talks with a couple of the, of the hot NCA stars to do some paid advertising for, for this podcast. But I'm like, man, is someone telling these kids that they got to do taxes now? Yeah. We'll report all this shit. 
0.9, right? I would imagine. So do they know what that means? And if not, like, fine, you know, like one thing that I need to look into and then like I can, like what I do for a profession is I need to get some of my financial advisor friends to start putting together a fucking PowerPoint to say, hey, look, here's some trappings. Here's what, okay, so you just made a thousand bucks. You didn't actually make a thousand bucks. This is what it looks like, right? You got to put this away for taxes. You got to put this away for a rainy day. This should go into savings. Let's introduce you to an IRA, right? Like you're probably not going to max out a 401k when you're young, but like you can max out six grand in an IRA and you could start saving for your future, right? Like that would be something that like would be awesome as if I can get some financial advisors to kind of say like, hey, just so you know, this is what the planning aspect of this looks like. Don't think that you have a thousand bucks every time you get a thousand. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, bucks. that's not what this looks like. Right. Great I didn't know that when I was 18. So, you know, there's bro, 18. Like I, I didn't know that when I was 26, I don't think like, <laughs> I didn't know I, I'm 32 now. And I just now have a little bit of a handle on it, but certainly not at, at this age um, that these kids are at, but I think it's a great thing. And it's only going to, that's what I'm saying. There's just so much momentum right now. It's only going to help wrestling to see some of these guys, What's also going to help wrestling to see the brands realize that wrestling is a big following. Like wrestling is the fourth yeah. largest attendance event. And so there's going to be some, some real momentum behind this. I hope, like, I hope people aren't just short-sighted and think about just the monetary side of it, right? Like there could be a great brand deal to where instead of you getting paid monthly, like you now get a meal prep system to where you're getting high quality meals delivered to you that like fuels your system, right? So now you don't have to worry about food and cooking. Right. Or maybe it's something that's like supplement companies, like something that's like easy wins. Yeah. And like one thing I want to put out here, because I know you clip this stuff and you put it out here. So I'm going to give a shout out to wrestlers and business. Right. Because now my brain's working. I'm starting to think of this. So if uh, there's any financial advisors and I know we have a golf outing in Cleveland next month in wrestling and business that want to start talking about something we can put together. Uh, for these athletes to help them better prepare to handle the tax situation of uh, the na name, image, image, and likeness. Uh, please reach out to myself, DJ Bruce, um, DJ um, at dbtraincolumbus.com. Uh, Send me an email and get this started. So just a quick shout out there, just because again, like as we are talking about this, I think you got a good point. Like, right, like there's so many different implications of kids starting to see money from the uh, NIL that they're not considering. And the last thing that we want to do is have a kid to get a tax problem because he made four grand, Bro. you know, and you <laughs> setting aside 30% for taxes. You know, he's not. No. So, and the last thing I want to see also is some wrestler take one of these like 1920s boxing contracts where they give away 10% of their lifetime earnings. Like we got to uh, make sure that there's, you know, and I'm working with uh, Joe DeSena, the CEO at Spartan. He's, super passionate about wrestling and in addition to spartan combat he want he's putting together like some thought leaders on hey you know any legal stuff any contract stuff you know let's have like a a, a best practices workshop for these nil nil yeah. impacted athletes same thing with the financial advisors but you just brought up something i want to i want to close down with is wrestlers in business is this a network is this a linkedin group what is this i've heard about it oh I, so i'm new to it right so like now that like all of a sudden you get Amazon behind your name or JP Morgan behind your name. And a lot of people reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm new to it. I'm usually pretty skeptical. Cause I like for me on the professional side of what I do, like if I don't know you, I don't really, it's not for me. Right. And, but wrestling and business, a lot of people that I know and trust have reached out for me. It's as what is, as I know, it started off as a LinkedIn group, just to wrestlers to just, Hey, common share place of like, here, we're all here 
Um, you can look and see who's a member. And if you have anywhere to network, it's a good place to start. Um, but they do a lot of stuff in Cleveland. And I've been partnering with Beat the Streets a lot because uh, shout out to Mike Powell and everything they're doing in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I know you're with that, but uh, I love Mike Powell and he's kind of the one that plugged me into that. And so locally, I, I do a lot with uh, Beat the Streets Cleveland um, and they do a lot with uh, wrestlers and business. So they have a golf outing here in August. We actually have our golf outing uh, in Columbus, Ohio, August 27th, if you're uh interested uh check that out but uh when i go up there i'm looking to learn more right because like for i I do both right like yeah i have a wrestling club but yeah i'm very active in business i work at amazon i'm in finance like i do that at a high level as well um so i know there's more that i can do but i want to make sure that the time and energy i do put out there is well spent and it's actually serving athletes rather than people looking to make money because like that's Mm -hmm. just then if i was i'd uh, I would have went and ran a a coach for Colin Palmer, but that's not what I'm about, right? Like I'm about actually helping people. And so for me, it's like learning more about what they're plugged into. And I know they do a lot with Cleveland State and a shout out to Josh Moore and what they're doing up there. Um, So there's a lot that they do, but I just, I'm not as involved in as I'd like to be. So I'm hoping as of the golf outing later next month, I'll be able to speak better to it. Perfect, man. And I, I'm with you. I think it's cool that there's, you know, a group out there that even exists and, and that they're doing things because think about how many kids wrestle who don't even, we don't even know about who go into business and they're real successful there. So I think it's a great thing. If anyone listening is part of the wrestlers and business network, shoot us a message on Instagram or email. I'd love to just learn a little bit more about it and see how we can help. DJ Bruce, it's been the fastest hour I've ever had in my life talking wrestling with you. And I could have you back on at any time. Any last words as we wind this down, my friend? Yeah, man, it's actually uh, it's actually a somber note, um, but we just kind of our program's going to hit with some tragedy. Um, so I just kind of want to get a shout out to a couple families um, that have been touched by tragedy lately, uh, specifically in the Mount Vernon family. Uh, Owen Quinn, uh, one of our wrestlers, sixteen, he's currently on life support. Mm-hmm. Uh, children. Um, so we're just pulling for you. We're thinking about your family. Um, Kip Nanger, um, he's a kid that wrestled for me back in Virginia, Cave Spring. Unfortunately, he passed away in a car wreck. Um, so I just want to send some love to his family, Chris. Um, all my Cave Spring family, we're thinking about you guys. Um, we love you. Obviously, a situation where it's never easy when you lose a kid, but just want to give a shout out to those families and just those communities. And as you know, wrestling's a, it's a tight knit community. So when tragedy hits, it's uh, it's tough. So those are just two kids and two families. I just want to call out and bring some attention to, and just let them know we're thinking about you guys and we love you. And uh, if anything you can do to support these families, they need you now more than ever. So I appreciate the platform to just continue to speak their name and continue to make sure uh, their legacy carries on. For sure, man. First of those families can't even imagine what they're going through. So I appreciate you giving some uh giving some love to those folks um dj bruce always a pleasure sir thank you very much for coming on my friend appreciate you having me man keep doing what you're doing you're great for the sport i love to see it and as you know illinois versus everybody baby <laughs> let's do it take care man and that's the end of this episode of wrestling changed my life thank you so much for tuning in to watch the full video interview go to youtube wrestling changed my life and that's it we'll see you next time